Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahli sadri wa sirli amri. Wahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima allamtana wa zidna ilman wa amala. Allahumma nawir qulubna bi'ilmik wa istamil abdanana li ta'atik wa wafiqna lima tuhibbu wa tarda min qawli wal amali wal niyati wal huda innaka ala kulli shayin qadir Allahumma adina al-haqqa haqqa wa rizukna tiba'a wa adina al-batila batila wa rizukna ishtinaba Respected elders and brothers, mothers and sisters, dear friends, students, dear listeners Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh We thank Allah Azza wa Jal, most gracious, most merciful, most benevolent Lord of ours Who has blessed you and I to sit in a halaqa of Qur'an Alhamdulillah uh, tonight after Salat al-Isha and he has gifted you and I the ability to leave our work and leave our families for a little bit and to come and sit in a gathering of this sort and this is uh, only Allah Azza wa Jal's blessing that he is allowing you to, to uh, you and I to sit to study his, his speech, his kalam, his words and to allow it inshallah to penetrate our hearts so as we come to the concluding lesson of Surah Taha uh, this is of course, you know, the Qur'an, the tafsir of the Qur'an will continue But this is just one uh, of the, uh, the final sessions of this surah We should be all asking Allah Azza wa Jal that Ya Allah So much we've shared, so much we've studied, so much we heard in these past 15-16 weeks uh, Ya Allah, whatever we heard, whatever we said, make it easy for us to put into practice Make it easy for us to share with others Make it easy for us to become f- uh, students of the Qur'an for the rest of our life It was interesting um, I just so I was preparing for a lesson I came across something SubhanAllah It was a beautiful statement It said that Imam Kisai Rahmullah Who was uh, an imam of Qiraat Imam of, of uh, Lugha Of Arabic language And he is known as yani, Examples are given of him Of being someone who is absolutely A huge high achiever in knowledge Imam Kisai So interesting thing I just came across Was that he was uh, a shepherd All the way till the age of 40 He wasn't a student of Quran A student of Hadith And he was just an average shepherd So one day One day while he was with his uh, flock of sheep She saw that he heard That a mother was encouraging her son To go and attend the halaqah of Quran the boy didn't want to go. The boy, he didn't want to go study Quran. Right? So, فَقَالَتْ لِإِبْنِهَا She told her son, يَا بُنَيَّا Oh my dear son, اِذْهَبِ إِلَى الْحَلَقَ لِتَعَلَّمْ حَتَّى إِذَا كَبُرْتَ لَا تَكُونُ مِثْلَ هَذَا الرَّاعِ Go study the Quran. Go study. Otherwise, if you don't go study, you're going to be like the shepherd. فَقَالَ الْكِسَائِ Kisai said, أَنَا يُضْرَبُ بِالْمَثَلِ فِي الْجَهَلِ Subhanallah, a mom is giving an example of me to her child to say, this is an arrogant, ignorant person. This is an ignorant person. If you don't study, you don't go study Quran, you're going to become like him. Ghayra came into him. He, he said, this is crazy. He sold all his sheep. And at that age, he went to sit in the circles of knowledge. And then he became an imam in, in, lang- in the Arabic language and an imam in qiraat. So, and an example still today are given of, of him in knowledge and of being ambitious. So the many adults who attend our halaqah here uh, on Tuesday nights or Monday nights or Saturday mornings, 
understand that it's never too late. The day you, you get motivated and to say, okay, that's it. I need to become a student of knowledge. I've earned enough. I've, I've done enough of other things. Now I really need to dedicate myself to studying the deen and serving Islam. Alhamdulillah, that's a beautiful day. That's a beautiful day. It's never, never too late. So this was just something encouraging that I, sh- I just came across and I thought I wanted to share with you that when we sit and attend the halaqat of ilm, yeah, this is um, a, b- a beautiful um, gift of Allah and we should always say, Ya Allah, do not allow me to be deprived from such gatherings and make me from among those uh, who are blessed to be attending a halaqa with extreme regularity because the main thing is istiqama right main thing is steadfastness doing something you don't become a student of knowledge by attending class in college once every three months show up twice a semester who's gonna how are you gonna be called enrolled in a college like that so we should take our durus like it's a, a college class that you show up whenever it is you're there you're with your notebook you're taking notes etc this is how slowly but surely after 10-15 years subhanallah you'll inshallah complete the entire Qur'an right? with tafsir and imagine how much you would have gained in, the, in that process 145 minutes a day uh, 45 minutes an hour a, month, a, a week do not undermine that that is huge but make sure it's done with istiqamah if we don't have steadfastness unfortunately we're not going to get too far I ask Allah to give barakah in our time today because we have of course a lot to cover on the last ruku here um, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وكذلك نجزي من أسرف ولم يؤمن بآيات ربه ولعذاب الآخرة أشد وأبقى Allah Azza wa Jal says and even, even so do we recompense whoever is exceedingly rebellious and has not belied in the revealed signs of his Lord and indeed the torment of the hereafter is severe still and more lasting أَفَلَمْ يَهْدِ لَهُمْ كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ يَمْشُونَ فِي مَسَاكِنِهِمْ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُنِنُّهَا Have the many generations before them that we have destroyed in whose dwellings they now walk not become a clear guiding sign for them? Indeed, in this there are sure signs for people of discernment. Okay, so last week... Um, we talked about the story of Adam and, uh, uh, and his departure from, uh, from, uh, from, from Jannah towards the dunya. And uh, I translated to, to the whole ruku' and we briefly went over the rest of the aspects of the ruku' as well. Um, so Allah Azza wa Jal mentioned, remember one ayat? If you remember, just want to focus on one ayah, is this ayah here, وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي Whoever turns away from my remembrance, Whoever turns away from my remembrance, uh, for him indeed there shall be a stringent life. And we shall bring him to the assembly on the day of judgment, blind. What's happening over here? This is, we spoke about mental illness, we talked about suicide, I think so last week. Right? And the fact that a big portion of this is happening because of vulma of sins. Right? Um, the abundance of sin causes a person to have a constricted life. I'm going to share with you what happened today in class. Some of the students are here as well. We were t- discussing a hadith in class for the first year students. And then we talked about su- somehow the conversation went on, went on towards suicide. And by, by way of just kind of just getting the, uh, gauging what's happening, I'm speaking to a, student, uh, a class of 25 to 30 students. And I asked this group of students, I said, how many of you know someone 
who has contemplated or is contemplating suicide. So from the class of 25, I think we had maybe about 20 raise their hand. 20 out of 25 said they know someone who is contemplating suicide. Then I asked the second question, how many of you know someone who has actually committed suicide? And that was unbelievable to see, maybe from a class of 25, maybe between 9 to 10 had raised their hand. That they already know someone, they know someone who has already committed suicide. And I'm sitting there, I don't know about you all, I was extremely shocked. I said, when we went to school, when we were your age, this could never be fathomable. I don't think you could even get this type of response from a non-Muslim crowd in public school. Much less a Muslim crowd and those students of who are attending the one-year program. Who would ever thought about it? Now imagine the same question if you're going to go ask in an Islamic school. And then you're going to go ask in a public school with Muslims and non-Muslims. What type of response are you going to get? So we are facing a massive uh, epidemic of, 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 of mental illness and suicide. And then just like I say about the LGBTQ thing, if someone were to erroneously believe there's something called a gay gene, how did, how did it pop up in the last three decades all of a sudden? Where were we at 1%, 2% people attributing themselves to this type of personality? How all of a sudden when you hit yeah, I mean 30 years later, 2022, you get 23%, 24% and increasing. Where, is this, where was this gene in the 1800s and the 1900s and 1500s and 1400s? And where did, was it until the 70s? Where, how did it just explode just like that? So whatever answer you're going to give for that, I would say the same answer is going to give for mental illness. But even if, if, if this is an issue of, let's say, chemical imbalance, what has happened within the last 40 years, or no, no, not 40 years, what has happened within the last, let's say, 15 years, and then 10, and 5, and 2, that this, if it was just purely chemical imbalance issue, how would it skyrocket to the level we're at right now, with the stats I'm just sharing with you, the anecdotal evidence. So you have to, I think, agree with me, on the fact that this is not pure, you know, genes, and just, uh, uh, you know, uh, chemical imbalances in the minds of the people. There's something else going on here. And that is one, one, one of many factors is the increase of sin. Increase of sin and looking at haram especially, listening to haram especially. This creates, as the Qur'an just says here, ayah number 124, if you turn away from my remembrance, I am going to make your life horrible. Right? Stringent, difficult, it's going to become depressing, it's going to be very constricted. So today you're seeing this type of constricted life in the, in the houses of the Muslims. Forget the non-Muslims, this the Muslims themselves, the boys and the girls, they're not happy. There's so many. For the smallest of things, they want to take their life. 13, 14 year olds, I'm going to take my life. Look, seriously, what are you talking about? What is this? This is a major uh, effect of sins, nafs, and of course the huge effect of shaitan on the minds of the people. That same shaitan that's making people confused about their gender, and making them attracted to the same gender, and making them uh, want to become atheist. That same effort is taking place to make people also very depressed. So we need to create an environment uh, in a, at home and encourage our moms and dads to seriously look after the spiritual health of their children, number one. If the spiritual health of the children is good, then everything else will follow. And if the spiritual health is not good, then there's decay. And spiritual health does not mean you throw them into a hip school. I've said this before, say it again. Spiritual health does not mean to throw them into hip school. There's many who are not in the hip school who have much better spiritual health than those who are. So, but we don't understand that. We're just looking at what everyone else does. We th- please, let's not have these gaps. If everyone can sit close together, may Allah reward you, bless you. Do not allow shaitan to have uh, a space within us. 
We sit as close as possible. May Allah bless and reward all of you who are making this move. Alhamdulillah. If you need to sit on a chair, by all means, grab a chair and just come close. Jazakumullah khair wa khair jaza. Every step you take, may Allah make this a step towards Him. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this a step towards paradise. Jazakumullah khair wa khair jaza. So, it, it, the idea is sunnah, following of sunnah. Ittiba'u sunnah is deen. Ittiba'u sunnah. Do, do my son and daughter forget that? Do I have sunnah in my life? Let's read through Shama'il. Let's read through the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. His relationship with his wives and how his wives were, how he was, how were his children, grandchildren, how was the environment of Medina. That is something we all need to be looking into our home. Are we, if, if we're not reading the dua when we enter the home, leaving the home, when we're about to put a morsel of food in our mouth, when we go to the bathroom, leave the bathroom, go to bed, wake up, look in the mirror, right? All of these things, if simple thing I'm telling you, if duas are not, are not recited, how do you expect any type of barakah to come in this house? As it comes in hadith, when a person enters the home and he enters without bismillah, then the shayateen show up and they say, this is where we're going to camp out tonight. We have dinner and we have lodging available for us here. And if a person says bismillah, takes the names of Allah as he enters the house, they'll say, la mabit wa la asha. There's no place to sleep here and there's no food. Chala, let's go somewhere else. This happens as you're entering the home. Now all the other duas that are supposed to be recited at home, if a person continuously neglects this, what is going to happen to those children? What's going to happen to us? So people are scratched their head and wondering, what did I do wrong? Why are my children not following the deen? It's ask yourselves, to what degree are we following sunnah? What degree are we following sunnah? Not what degree are we doing what people in today's era, the religious people are doing. No, that's not the criteria of success. Criteria of success is Rasulullah wasallam. not what people today think is the criteria of success. So ask Allah I pray that He gives us as fathers here and mothers here, listening, the ability to uh, understand what our children need and allow us to always keep our eyes on the spiritual health of our children. And may Allah save us from being deceived and thinking that they're spiritually strong while they're absolutely empty. I think there was a nice article I shared with some of the volunteers and community group. Very, right? You read that article? SubhanAllah. It was a nice article about a mother who was talking about how she, she did everything she thought was right for her daughter and put her into Islamic school and high school and whatever else and she was wearing everything apparently looking practically Muslim but when she hit 17, 18 the hijab came off and slowly she started you know not wanting to fast not wanting to pray and this and that and now she's sitting there thinking of what did I do wrong and it, it that turning that event made her realize that oh oh you know sometimes you realize you took the wrong exit but sometimes you're so involved talking to your friend or your spouse you don't realize it until way later that she's taken a wrong exit. Well, that happens to, I think, a lot of parents. That they're so busy with their work, so busy with their, um, their own lives, their hobbies, their vacations, their uh, chilling out with their friends, going out to this party, that party, that they don't realize that they've taken the wrong exit and their kids have taken the wrong exit. And it's only sometimes when there's a moment when the son, Allah forbid, Allah forbid, gets physical with the parents or daughter gets physical with the parents and they're like, oh, how did this happen? But now it's pretty advanced now. It's kind of late to do anything about this. Be, or outright say, I'm not a Muslim anymore. Again, it's very late. So are, are we really, um, did this happen overnight? No, it didn't. So this is the warning I want to share with all my attendees here, listeners here, is that by agla gira pisla samla. Look at all those who have fallen in front of you and wake up and say, oh, we better not slip and fall like that. The lucky one is the one who takes heed from the others. So there are thousands of parents. I wish we had some forum where anonymously people could share their stories. Like that lady anonymously shared her story. For, for others whose kids still have a chance, 
but are sleeping, are sleeping. Because they think they went to Sunday school, they're okay. And they think that subhanAllah, you know, he, he, he um, yeah, what do you call, he, he, he helps out hand packaging, you know, clothes for, for the poor. So he's, he's set, he's all good. So we, we, have, we have really mess, missed the mark when it comes to measuring religiosity within our kids. That's what I'm saying. So learn from those who made mistakes and realize too late that, oh my God, their children left the deen. Beloved friends, I want to tell you another thing is that one of the things I've, I've come to realize more and more is that one of the, the things that seriously do not get inherited to the children is deen. Money gets inherited, talent, genes, all that stuff is going. Mashallah, father was XYZ, so son's XYZ too. Father was a lawyer, son's a lawyer. Father was a doctor, son's a, you know, daughter's a doctor. Mashallah, you see that normal happening. Money is, father was wealthy, children are wealthy. One thing you're seeing in this country, and this, in this day and age, that even the most God-fearing of people, and the most God-fearing of even ulama, khalas, the deen is not moving on to the next generation. It's not. The children are coming out way off the track. Although I'm not saying everyone's leaving the deen, there are places where Allah brings living out of the dead, dead out of the living. So there are people whose parents were not following the deen. Mashallah, the children become religious. But there's also many scary incidents where the parents were religious, grandparents were religious, but the children absolutely not religious. So let's not be content with our own deen or the deen of our parents to think our kids will come out right. Yeah, this is a big issue. Contentment and apathy and feeling okay, it's okay, nothing's gonna happen. Stop ringing the you know, alarm bells. I've been, I've been told this from 15, 20 years, right, since I've come back from madrasa. Every time I speak, people say, relax, why are you painting a picture more gloomier than it is? Come on, man. You know, gloom and doom. You know, we're gonna enjoy life. We're gonna go. Then I told one uncle who's getting upset. I said, listen, you are, you, I'm like a trauma surgeon, right? In a battleground, a battlefield. I'm just looking bodies that are coming after, one after another in a tent. So how can you not expect me to feel the pain of what I see and share with you? I'm on the, on the ground, in the midst of the trenches, right, in the battlefield, and I'm reporting from there live. You're sitting there in uh, 5,000 miles away in your palace, and you say, ah, it's not that bad over here. That's your example. All those people who think nothing is happening, because the reason is that, because you don't know what's happening. And you don't even know what's happening in your son's bedroom, let me tell you that. You don't know what's happening in your daughter's bedroom. You don't know what's happening on your daughter's phone. Wallahi, you don't know. If you knew, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be sleeping here. You wouldn't be sleeping. I was sitting with a few brothers when I was traveling overseas and I was sharing real life stories of what I know about kids and what their parents don't know about. One of the brothers got so moved, he literally, he left the majlis, left the room, called home across overseas. And he's like, what are you guys doing? Where are my sons? Right? And he's like, I'm, I just got, it hit me. Like subhanAllah, I didn't understand that this is what's out there and I have to be I really gotta go, you know, 10 levels up when it comes to looking after my kids. I don't know what's lurking out there, what's out there. I'm just so relaxed thinking everything is fine because he knows 25 surahs of the Quran and he won the surah Yasin competition. Seriously, people get excited. He brought a plaque, my son knows 10 surahs. Even if he knows 30 Jews without a mistake, that's still no guarantee. So this is. Yani, gist of every talk of mine Because every single day Not a minute goes by without messages of people saying Please help me, I'm in trouble So wake up if you are not in, immediately in trouble Learn that what goes around comes around If the fire is spreading COVID, like you know, when COVID is spreading, what happened? You say every single family is going to get it sooner or later Today or tomorrow 
So this is a much more dangerous situation. This was the gist of last week's dars. Allah Jalla Jalalhu says, whoever, does, whoever doesn't believe in Allah's signs and who is rebellious, we're gonna punish him in this dunya. But guess what? The torment of the hereafter is much more severe and much more everlasting. Don't, do not judge what's happening in this dunya to think the next life is gonna be not that bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the, um, the Quraysh and the Ummah of Rasulullah when you all travel to uh, Syria and you go to other places from, uh, from uh, Hijaz, do you not see what's happening? Do you not see how Qawm Salih, Qawm Thamud, and then of course uh, Madain, Qawm Shu'ayb, Qawm Lut, look at how they've all been destroyed. As Allah says, um, we destroyed them completely. We, like we, I call them carpet bombed them. means you level them to the ground. Right? Allah mentions all of these verses in the Quran. They said, Who's stronger than us? Uh, they were so powerful that if they were to wanted to sit down and have a chit chat, they take their heels and hit on the ground. When they hit on the ground, what would happen? It would make a hole inside. They just make a hole. You don't need to get a bulldozer. They just make a hole with their, with their heels. Makes, make holes inside. Have to let their feet dangle and sit. Let's talk. This was the strength they had. Go visit Petra. Go visit you know, these other places that they have, they have carved out. They've carved out, you know, with hands, bare hands, no caterpillar. How they built out these huge palaces inside the mountains. Unthinkable. Have you, any, of you, any of you seen that? If you haven't, you know, with the knee of, 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 of taking heed from it, a person can visit quickly, not to go enjoy that stay, but just to go take heed that. These people also, when the adab of Allah Azza came, destroyed them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, when you go through them, do you not think, how many villages they are? Disobeyed Allah's command, we took them to task in a harsh manner, and we punished them in a horrible manner. They had to taste the punishment of their sins, and the ending was, was just horrible. So Allah wants us to reflect. Beloved friends, I have to add here that these places where Allah's punishment came is not meant to be a place for strolling and enjoying. These are not vacation spots. This is not a place where you're supposed to welcome the new year through a, through, by throwing a party. By all means, this is against the deen's teachings. Nabi has told us that when you walk through these places, run through. If you have to go, pass through while you're crying. Because an adab of Allah has come here. And, 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 and it's in the air. The anger of Allah is in the air. You don't want to sit there and, and sit there and enjoy it. It's seriously, just think about it. Just think about at home as a father. You got really upset and um, at something your son or daughter did. And you know, you, you, broke their, you broke their toy or broke their vase or whatever it is. Now, another son wants to just come and sit there and say, Hey, let's play our video games right here where dad just broke this. How's that going to make you feel as a father? Right? You're angry. And you, you caused some harm there. And now everyone wants to have a part, eat their burgers and lunch, right wherever you got upset at someone. Right? That's the place of your anger. You need to be, all the children at the home should be looking down, walking out. Say, okay, sorry, dad is upset right now. We shouldn't be doing something foolish. Allah's adab came and wiped out these nations. We need to reflect and be afraid that the same may come upon us. If not in this world, then in the hereafter. 
and it's not a place to sit and enjoy. Inna fi nuha. There are sure signs for the people who have nuha. What is nuha? Aql. Why is aql called nuha? Because al-aqlu, you know aql. What does aql mean? Who is? Yeah, aql means brain. And what was? What is aql? Why was aql called aql? Huh? Ah, uh, the rope tie. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, aqla is rope. Okay, that's why when the Arabs, the Bedouins used to, I always give this example, the Bedouins, when they used to put on the parking brake on the camel, they used to take a rope and tie the knees. Exactly. So they used to, they have the rope is called iqal, which in today's khalis they call it igal. Yeah? And then they place it on top of their heads. <laughs> the, the, the two layered black, that's a rope, that's a parking brake of the camels. Okay? That you ha- you, it's like an engineer or a, site, a guy on the site, construction site puts his pencil on right behind his ear, right? Architect or whatever. So the Bedouins would throw the rope on top of their head. That was a parking brake. When they get off, they put the camel down and then they tie the knees. So now you have to go buy it for 400 riyals if you want to look Saudi, right? Or Khaliji. And you go wear it on top of the ghutra. Right? And people are sitting there spending it. But that's actually the rope that used to tie the... Just a few years ago, it was used to tie, tie the camels. That's called iqal. Okay? Aqala, it means to tie. So the mind, the brain, if you use your brain properly, it will tie you and tie you up, from, hold you down from doing something which is foolish and wrong. Similarly, nuha is a word for intelligence because nuha, naha yanha, the intelligence prohibits you from doing something harmful. Naha yanha means to stop, prohibit. So if a person has brains and aqal, it will stop him from doing something wrong. That's why people, when they do something foolish, they say, And the Quran says, that, Where are your brains? Are you not using your mind? Why are you doing something foolish? So Allah Azza says, by looking at uh, the, the punishment of the previous nations, uh, uh, right? What's going to happen? You will take a lesson if you have got a mind. Yet, if it were not for a preordained, preordained word that had proceeded from your Lord, O Prophet ﷺ, to defer judgment upon people, their immediate destruction would have been inescapable, but for the fulfillment of a stated term of life. This is one of the most difficult ayats in the surah. To, you know, if I were to just give it like that, the ayah, the students of knowledge would have a very hard time understanding it unless they study the tafsir of it. So let's get into the tafsir of this ayah. If you look at the translation, he's explained it. If it wasn't for a kalima, what's kalima? A preordained word that has preceded. Sabaqa means to proceed. Something happened in the past. Mir rabbika, min from. Larbika, your Lord. If it wasn't for a preordained word that had preceded, preceded from your Lord. Wa'ajalun musamma. Read it like this. Walaula kalimatun sabaqat mir rabbika. Wa'ajalun musamma. Lakana lizama. Lakana lizama, this is jawab. This is the, I mean, you can translate this at the end. If it weren't for a preordained word, you can see my mouse, right, moving? Yeah. If it weren't for a preordained word, that sabaqat that had preceded from your Lord, wa ajalum musamma, and if it wasn't for a stated term of life, lakana lizama, then their immediate destruction would have been inescapable. Did you get that? Let me do it again. If it wasn't for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala already deciding something. Basically, what does that mean, a word, preordained word? If it wasn't for Allah already deciding something. He said it. Like, kun. 
right? It's something he already decided. If it wasn't for that, and if it wasn't for the fact that every human has got a set time to die, if it wasn't for these two things, these disbelievers of Makkah would have been immediately knocked out, wiped out. But they haven't been wiped out. Why they haven't been wiped out? Because of the preordained word from Allah. So what is that preordained word of Allah? There are seven different, I mean seven out of many multiple tafsirs of that. So let's share some of them. Number one is, Allah Azza wa says in the Quran, I'm talking about, I'm explaining what is kalimah mean here? What is the preordained word from Allah? One number one is وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَفِيهِمْ. Allah says in the Quran in Surah Anfal ayah thirty three, Allah shall not punish them as long as you, O Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi are amidst them. Allah shall not punish the disbelievers as long as you are amidst them. What does that mean? That since if Rasulullah sallallahu is alive and amidst the ummah, he is doing the job of da'wah, so the mission is not over. So long as he is alive and amidst the ummah, they cannot all be destroyed because there's always a chance that some revelation, some word of his will hit their heart and they'll change. So as long as Rasulullah is alive within the ummah, they are not going to be all wiped out clean. Number two, out of ikram and out of honor for Rasulullah, ikram and Nabi out of honor for Rasulullah, Allah has decided never to completely eradicate this ummah. As opposed to what he has done with the, with the nation of Ad, Thamud, Fir'aun, all of those, that they were absolutely wiped out clean. Even Nuh right? Besides those who got saved, everyone else cleaned, wiped out. Allah has decided out of honor for Rasulullah no matter how evil this ummah will become, never will such a punishment arrive in, uh, uh, upon the ummah, what we call adabu isti'salin. Such an adab that will eradicate them, and remove every single one of them. That will never happen. That is something Allah already decided. That's called kalima. Number three is that Allah Jalla Jalaluhu in His knowledge knew that in this ummah, there's always going to be good coming. So if Allah were to eradicate all of the people during the time of Rasulullah who did not believe in Him, then this crowd would not be sitting here. This crowd would not be sitting here. Allah Azza wa already knows that there are good people who are going to come. And so that's why He hasn't destroyed all of them. Number four, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given an amana to all of us. Allah says in the Quran, Indeed, I have presented an amana, a trust upon the heavens and the earth and the mountains. فأبينا. They said, No, we can't, we can't carry this amana, it's too much. And the human being said, I'll take it. He is very oppressive upon himself and ignorant for taking on a task which is, he didn't realize what he's getting into. So a human being said, I'm going to be your vicegerent on earth. I will fulfill your commands, I will invite towards your commands, I will establish your commands. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given this amana and taklif to all of us. What does it mean taklif? Not urdu taklif. Taklif here means <laughs> that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordained upon us sharia, Muslim and non-Muslim. And it's demanded from us that we follow this sharia. And now as, uh, as long as... Uh, we are here in this world, we're gonna be given a chance, free will. That's part of the taklif, free will. Allah says, Whoever wants to believe may believe, whoever wants to disbelieve may disbelieve. I'm giving all of you equal opportunity. And I'm giving all of you free will. It's up to you to decide what you wanna do. Right? So, if I eradicate them right now, I'm not giving them enough chance. I have to allow them to practice their free will fully. Everyone. You get the chance to listen to the message and you decide yourself if you want to follow or not. I'm not going to 
precede, jump the gun, and destroy you before you get full opportunity to exercise your freedom and free will. Whether you want to believe in Allah and His Rasul or not believe. Fifth meaning is that Allah, what is the word, preordained word that Allah has mentioned because of which Allah is not destroying the people who oppose Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi SubhanAllah, that's a beautiful uh, uh, tafsir. It is Allah's preordained word that He is most merciful. He is most merciful, most kind. And Allah's rahmah overpowers His anger. As Allah says in Surah Hud, إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبُّكَ Except for the one who Allah has mercy upon. وَلِذَلِكَ خَلَقَهُمْ And that's why He created them. Allah created us to enjoy His mercy. Allah does not become greater by punishing us. Allah wants to show mercy. So when you think about a father, all right, who, who, which father says, I am here to get my, kick out my son of the home? He gives them opportunity upon opportunity to come right. Which ustad of a madrasa or a teacher or a principal says, I want to expel students out of the school. This is my goal. Never. He gives opportunity. There's rules. The rules are broken. Many absences, many this, many that, infractions. And the ustad, the murabbi, the sheikh, he says, okay, let me give you another chance. Let me give you another chance. If you were to follow the rules by the T, then they would all be out. But he doesn't want to do that because rules are there, of course. And this is what we get blamed for in the madrasa here also. Why don't you just follow all the rules and just kick people out? Our ustads told us this long ago. Monana Choksi Saab, again, whose name I mention almost every single time I speak here. He had told us when I went to go visit him in my, in two, a few years back. He said, Don't expel people out of the madrasa. Unnecessarily. Unless it is a very dire, dire, dire necessity. What is a dire necessity? It means that he is causing harm to all the other students. Because, and then remember Mawlana Ahmad Ali from England when he came here. He said the same thing to me. He said, you have this one year program, this, all this stuff is great. Then he told me, listen, make sure you don't expel students. And I said, oh, wow, okay, you know, this was six, seven years ago. I said, why did he say that? And this is what his words were. He said, because it's fire out there. And you may say, it's hell out there. They've run away from there to come here. Yeah, they might not be the best students. But if you throw them out there, they're going to be destroyed for sure. And then, Mawlana Chokhsi would say, that jo madrasa se bigar ka nikle, uski Whoever gets kicked out of the madrasa and he comes out crooked, then he can never correct himself anywhere else, usually. That's why it's scary. It's, it's like a death sentence to expel someone. So very few students have been asked to leave from here. Very few students. But I always have a very nice conversation. I always say, I'm not, we're not expelling you. I'm not expelling you. These are you just You need some time to get mature. Maybe you come back next year. Because I really don't want to give that death sentence. It's only when things get out of hand and they're harming others, I have to say that. But... I've always said to them that this is your home. You are not been. Who am I to expel you from the house of Allah? You are simply asked to come back to the program. To this program is not the right fit. You have a weekend program. You have an evening program. This is a program right here. Who's who? I'm not going to stop you from coming from tafsir and hadith. These are all the programs you can attend. But an academically rigorous program may not be the right fit for you. Right. So what I'm trying to say is, what is the rahma of the ustad that he can't allow his his student to just be thrown outside? So Allah subhanahu people say, come on, but just do it, just do it. Because you know why? You never spend time the way the teacher has spent time. That's why it's easy for you to sit on the side and say, just do it. But, you know, pull the trigger. Because you never put the time into it. 
right? So subhanAllah, to Allah, so when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He created this creation. He loves this creation. And He doesn't want to destroy them. He doesn't want to destroy them. So the rahmah of Allah is such, He says, okay, I, out of my rahmah, I'm giving you more chances and more chances till, you know, till I can. Next, sixth, sixth tafsir. You're following along? Huh? This is where you're supposed to have a pencil and pen. It would help. Right? So, uh, the sixth tafsir, is that Allah Azza wa has already decided, kalima is referring to Allah has already decided that every single person has got a certain time on earth. Mustaqarrun. As Allah says in the Quran, وَلَكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ مُسْتَقَرٌ وَمَتَاعٌ إِلَىٰ حِينَ Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 36. You have a place to rest on earth, وَمَتَاعٌ إِلَىٰ حِينَ and a time to enjoy life. Some, some time. So this is, that, this is what it refers to. Allah has decided, whether you're a believer or a disbeliever, that this dunya is a place for you to stay. We'll sort it out in the akhirah, whether you go to Jannah or Jahannam. But for the dunya, you've got some time to enjoy. And the last ayah, is the last tafsir is this kalimatun is referring to this tafsir is right here in the ayah of the Quran. What is the kalimatun sabakat marabbik? It's ajalum musamma. Ajalum musamma is describing kalimatun sabakat marabbik. What is that preordained word that has been preceded from Allah? It is the stated term of life. Meaning, Allah has decided someone's gonna live till 60 years, someone's gonna live 70, someone's gonna live 80. That is why no one, we, can ever, we don't say someone died before his time. Oh, what a tragic accident. He died young. He died before. No. Everyone dies exactly at the time that they're supposed to die. So that's what you're seeing over here. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided already the time when Abu Lahab has to die, when Abu Jahl has to die, when Aqba ibn Mu'id has to die. Everyone's got a set time, not before that, not after that. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this is why your enemies are not disappearing just like this. Because they're meant to stay until Allah decides for them to stay. Fasbir, so what should you do? So be patient. فَاصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ So be patient, O Rasulullah with what they say. وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكْ And highly exalt your Lord with all praise. What are the times I should be highly exalting Allah? قَبْلَ طُلُوعَ الشَّمْسِ Before the rising of the sun. وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا And before the setting. وَمِنْ آنَاءِ اللَّيْلِ And in the watches of the night. فَسَبِّحْ Exalt Him as well. وَأَطْرَافَ النَّهَارِ And at the ends of the day, لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى So that you may become well pleased. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the Prophet ﷺ, إِصْبِرْ عَلَى مَا يَقُولُونَ Let's spend some time here. This is the nidam and the system of Allah. The system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that you cannot possibly, no pain, no gain. You cannot enjoy without having to first go through some difficulty. That's just the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, sabr is required if you want to enjoy life in the hereafter, even if you want to enjoy life over here. Allah Jalla Jalalu said in Surah Al-Imran, أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَن تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ وَلَمَّا يَعْلَمِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا مِنْكُمْ وَيَعْلَمَ الصَّابِرِينَ Ayah number 142. Do you expect to enter paradise while Allah has not made it clear? Allah has not showed you who are those who do jihad and those who sacrifice? And Allah hasn't showed you who are those who are patient. Do you expect to go to Jannah without Allah clearly separating those who work hard and those who don't? Those who are patient and those who don't. Meaning, the answer is no. You're, don't, you're wrong if you think like that, you can enter Jannah without this test coming. Tests will come, and those who work hard will be made to shine, and those who are not willing to be patient will, will suffer. So what you're seeing today, the cell phone, 
the internet, the high school system, the college. This is the imtihan not only for the children, it's also for the parents. It's also for the parents. Are you willing to? Are you, until, my dear beloved fathers and mothers, until you are not be- willing to say that I am ready to sacrifice all my money, all my career, every single drop of blood and every penny in my pocket to make sure my children remain Muslim. Until you're not willing to say that, you're not, you and I are never going to be successful in this exam. We have to be willing to sell our home. We have to be willing to leave our land. We have to be willing to leave our jobs. We have to be willing to do anything and everything that may be asked of us to protect our faith. And if we are saying, no, but my son's career, but my daughter's college, but my own job, if that's what's on your mind, then this is what the ayah... Don't, do you expect to get to Jannah until Allah clearly shows who are the people who are going to remain patient and those who are not? Who are the willing, willing who to make sacrifice and those who are not? The name of the game is sacrifice. And now, just now, you saw inflation, gas prices went up, everything went up, the whole world. Guess what's happening? The price of Jannah has gone up. And it's only going to go up. You know, even if they release more um, barrels of gases, this stuff's not coming down. Milk, eggs, gone are the days of 85 cents and $1.50 for milk and whatnot. Everything's gone up. When, once it goes up, they enjoy the taste of that, don't, they, nothing comes down. So, my, mark my words, the price of Jannah has gone up. And it will continue to rise, continue to rise till the Day of Judgment. Jannah is, is, it was never cheap, but it's becoming much more expensive. And just like, uh, you know, certain expensive things have gotten more expensive and the people who can afford it, the, the, the richer class, upper class, what's happening, right? It's, it's, it's dwindling. The middle class is dwindling. And the, the ones who are suffering poverty, right now 12 million Pakistanis just became homeless overnight. 12 million. 12 million. SubhanAllah. So that's what's happening, right? People are, the, 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 the poorer class is increasing and the middle class is decreasing. So the price for Jannah is Allah has increased the bid. And the amount, of, the amount of people who have the a'mal to pay for it, or the a'mal to be willing to work for those a'mal, that number is decreasing. I'll give you the example of an auction. Right? When you're auctioning something out, uh, you know, when you're auctioning anything, a piece of jewelry, $1,000, I got 20 brothers wanting to pay for it. You raise it to 2,000, half of them are gone. You raise them to 5,000, you've got 10% left. You get it to 10,000, you have only two people left. And now they go at each other, right? Until you get to 15 and the other guy's like, I'm out man, this is not worth 15. And one guy takes it home. So that's what's happening with Jannah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is raising the stakes and the bid is going up and up and up. So if we are not willing to sacrifice and leave our home, sell our house, lose whatever we have to in order to preserve and protect our deen, we're out. I hope we're not asked of this huge sacrifice. I hope our children and you and I will stay on the deen with ease. But mentally we have to be prepared, spiritually we have to be prepared that we will pay any price required. So when someone says, um, you know what, like I'm giving you an example, Real, I, I, wanna give, I don't want to speak philosophical, right? Everything I give you with examples, so you apply it in your life. When someone says there's a great program for kids, uh, there's a in, summer internship overseas, it will help his bo- bolster his, what you call, resume. Everyone's ready. Let's go. Let's go. Let's jump on the train and the plane and get over there and go do that. Some random summer thing, you know, in the middle. 
That same, that student, if you tell the father, why don't you come and let your son study in a madrasa or a seminary for, for two months over the summer. Let him learn some aqaid, let him learn some his deen. Brother, we're losing out on an internship. Seriously. This is, this is the example I'm giving you. Where are your priorities? Internship or summer, so that he can bolster his resume to get into undergrad. Aud billah. Right? Even if he got into the most elite postgrad program, I don't care. Do, do, have you given your son and daughter deen? Have you given him an environment? Does he know how to defend his deen uh, you know, confidently in front of thousands of people? Does he know why he's a Muslim? Besides the fact that his last name is Ahmad? Right? We haven't done, we haven't taught our children deen. We haven't given him that confidence. And then yet we're still making erroneous decisions every single day, giving preference to their career or instead of giving preference to their akhirah. And we're paying the price. So understand, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as Mullah Sajjad Nomani keeps on saying, Allah ki taraf se chaartne ka zamana a chuka hai. You heard his bayan? He always says this now. He says, the time of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sifting through people has arrived. Allah is sifting the munafiqeen from the mu'mineen. Allah is sifting the people of Jannah and Jahannam. Right now, straight up. Yani, he's no even munafiqeen anymore. Huh? You're seeing it in the international realm. There's no more munafiqs. It's just straight up. You can see, it's so obvious who the munafiqs are. It's, very, it's no longer hidden agendas. It's clear. If you have any sense of basira and understanding, you'll see exactly what's happening. So in, if you are not willing to pay the price to protect your children, this is what we're speaking about. The time is such that the price for Jannah has gone up. You have to be willing to sacrifice, my beloved friends, your career. You have to say this at home to your wife. Your wife the wife has to say to the husband, my dear, we can, we, can live in, we can downsize to an apartment. We can downsize to anything. But we at all costs have to make sure our children remain under deen. If they don't get into the most elite professional school, so be it. If they don't get into anywhere, I don't care. We can stay in a basement, but we have to make sure our children, daughters and sons remain Muslims. And not just daughters and sons. Then they marry such people who will keep their children Muslim. And then on and on. But this is not going to happen without major sacrifice. Please understand that. Please understand that you have to be willing to make major sacrifices. So Rasulullah is being told, be patient. Now the question, ala ma yaqulun. Be patient on what they say. If Rasulullah was asked to be patient for all the Islamophobia he was suffering, what about you and I? Right? We all get excited that why did someone said this and said someone said that? The Islamophobia is not so hurtful to me and you as much as hurtful to see the Islamophobia from Muslims against practicing Muslims. Someone who drinks, he's, look at how he treats the one who doesn't drink. Someone who doesn't wear a scarf or hijab, look at how she treats the one who, do, who does. Look at how the practicing Muslims are alienated within the circle of Muslims. Anyone who wants to start following the deen, sometimes you see their own siblings begin to attack them. Their own in-laws, their own spouse, their families begin to attack them. Oh, you're all becoming too religious. Mullah ban That's what it is. So this is more hurtful. The Islamophobia, the Sunnaphobia from the Muslims by far should become more a reason of anger for all of us sitting here than the Islamophobia from non-Muslims. Because guess what? That's what they're supposed to do. Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تَسْمَعُنَّ مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ وَمِنَ الَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا أَذَنْ كَثِيرًا most definitely you will hear from the disbelievers, the people of the book, and the mushrikeen, most definitely you will hear a lot of hurtful things. That's what they do. But to hear hurtful things from Muslims, it hurts a lot more. These are the followers of Rasulullah How are they making fun of the sunnah of Rasulullah 
right? That, that should hurt us a lot. So Rasulullah if he's been told us, if he's been told to remain patient, my beloved friends, then we have to get ready. Think about it. Allah could have chosen to send Rasulullah without Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab. Allah could have chosen to send his sahaba, Rasulullah sahaba, without having to face any opposition. But instead, he said in the Quran, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍّ عَدُوًا شَيَاطِينَ الْإِنسِ وَالْجِنِّ Indeed, we have made for every single prophet enemies. For every single prophet, we have made enemies and set them down. Shayateen, Satan's from the humans and from the jinn. So that tells you there's shaitan from human as well. Not just jinn. There's humans who act like shaitan, who are shaitans, according to the Quran. According to the Quran. Many verses talk about this. So meaning opposition is part of the effort. If you have no opposition, then you gotta look at what's going on. Why are you have no opposition? So anyone who's trying to follow the deen, my beloved brothers and sisters, if you're trying to bring deen into your life and you're facing opposition, remain patient because this is the name of the game. That's part of, and parcel of it. How many mothers today are worried about their sons and daughters? But they find opposition from their own parents. From their own, huh? the mom, the grandparents are holding the daughter and son back from uh, too much deen, they say. It's very ajeeb. I've, I mean, I've, everything I'm telling you is based on examples I see in the community. And then you have examples of where the wife is stopping the husband. Says, please don't make our children too religious. And then of course you have examples of the husband going becoming an enemy of the wife because she wants to worry about the uh, deen of the children. So you have animosity happening within the immediate family when you want to make that change. So what, what should you do? Give up and say, call it quits? No. Look at the hadith, look at the seerah and say, Rasulullah went through a lot more than this. And Rasulullah suffered from his own uncles, suffered from his closest. So suffering from your closest ones, opposition is actually a sunnah of Rasulullah So say, honey, alak. Glad tidings to you that you're going through this. All five salah have been mentioned here. Glorify and I exalt. What does sabih tasbih mean? To say Allah is free from all nuqs, all faults, all de- deficiencies. Okay? Before, before sunrise, this is speaking about salatul fajr. Okay? Allah, Rasulullah said, Man salla al fajr fi jama'ah. Whoever performs salatul fajr in jama'ah, fakanna qama laylahu, it's as though he stood up the entire night. And the Prophet ﷺ said another hadith, whoever performs Salatul Fajr in Jama'ah, ثم جلس يذكر الله عز وجل, then sat remembering Allah until sunrise, ثم صلى ركعتين, then he performs two rak'ah, كان تاله حج وعمر تام تام, this will give him the reward of a hajj and umrah, accepted, accepted. So if you have Fajr now at six o'clock, which is one of the later six fifteen, it's gonna get later for a few few weeks, and sunrise shortly after that, if you if you have work at eight o'clock. This is a few weeks that you can actually sit in the masjid, perform Salatul Fajr and Jama'ah, and sit for another 20-30 minutes, read Surah Yasin, read a little bit of Qur'an, right? do a dhikr. MashaAllah, soon Ishraq will be there, and every single morning you can get the reward of Hajj and Umrah. If you can't do that on weekdays, at least do that on the weekends. And at least do that here. For example, Darul Salaam, we have the Team Fajr program Saturday mornings. At least on that day, we can try to make a habit of performing Salatul Ishraq, inshaAllah. وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا This is speaking about, uh, before, before sunset is obviously speaking about Asr. وَمِنْ آنَا And then, watches of the night is talking about Maghrib and Isha. فَسَبِّحْ Glorify Him. وَأَطْرَافَ النَّهَارِ And on the ends of the day. So that's one explanation, ends of the day. What is that? From dawn to sunset. These are, this is the whole day. You take it and split it in half. 
that half is usually around zawal, Luhr time. Now, Luhr salah is performed at the beginning of the second part of the day. So zawal is where the midday is when two parts of, of the day are meeting. So when you pray Luhr, you're praying at the one portion, uh, the, the, the beginning of the second portion of the day. And so that's what Atraf al-Nahar is referring to, Salatul Dhuhr. لَعَلَّكَ تَرْضَى So that you may become well pleased. وَلَا تَمُدَّنَّ عَيْنَيْكَ O Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, إِلَا مَا مَتَّعْنَا بِي أَزْوَاجًا بِنْهُمْ زَحْرَةِ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِيهِ وَرِسْقُ رَبِّكَ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Thus you shall not extend the gaze of your eyes towards the unbelievers and what we have given any number of them to enjoy. The mere flower of the life of this world by which we put them to test. What a beautiful ayah. For indeed the blessed provision of your Lord is far better and everlasting. This ayah here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually referring to us. And He's telling us, and although Rasul, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to Rasulullah sallallahu but the, the, the audience is, attended, the intended audience is you and I. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling Rasulullah that and in telling us when you pass by the disbelievers and the unbelievers who are enjoying life got the biggest cars, the biggest jets, the biggest homes biggest this and that don't sit there and stare at it thinking why don't I have this? why don't the Muslims, why the Muslims are suffering? why the Muslims are suffering? this is the reason because we don't have what they have, why? SubhanAllah it's so shocking how many people think like this. How many practicing masjid going people literally think that the problem of Muslims today is the fact that we don't have enough money. We don't have enough uh, you know, power. It's crazy how people can still be so misled while coming to salah. May Allah protect you and I from falling into this trap. Don't look at what dunya that the disbelievers have. Don't look at that. If the, don't stand in front of a huge house in front of an expensive car and think how come I don't have this I wish I had this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said in a hadith is mentioned in some books protect yourself from unnecessary looking around unnecessary looking at this and that fudul unnecessary uh, glances فَإِنَّهُ يَبْذُرُ فِي الْقَلْبِ الْهَوَىٰ Because it puts the seed of desire within the heart. Window shopping, Amazon scrolling, TikTok scrolling, or whatever else, that's gonna do a lot of things. It's gonna put lust for haram and desire to buy things. Go check a, a, a shoes, some sh- shoe website. Within minutes you can say, man, we should have this shoe and this shoe. You are okay sitting here not desirous of shoe. Spend five minutes looking at shoes and say, man, I want this. If you have sisters who have purses, just go look on one purse website. By the end of five minutes, you say, Oh man, subhanAllah, I really need to replace this purse. Go look at a, a phone website. You're going to say, I need to have that. This is the tabiat. When you sit there surfing, window shopping, that's what Mawlana Shalitani would say, don't ever go to the store without having a list written out of what you need to buy. And he said, even if you see something that's not on the list that you needed, don't get it right now. Get it next time. So you teach your nafs a lesson. Because if I really needed it, I should have remembered. The fact that I didn't remember it, that means I probably don't need it that much. And next time, no, make an extra trip to the store, no problem. Then you write it down. This is the way you control your spending, by not getting unnecessary things. So by randomly looking at things, it creates hawa. That is why, beloved brothers and sisters, let us stop surfing on the internet at stores. Because let's just go check Black Friday, what happens. What's the other thing? Prime Day. 
ask yourself, do you need something? If you don't need it, don't look at Prime Day sales because you don't need it. Maybe you'll need it. No, this is the fitna of consumerism. Fitna of capitalism. You don't need it. If you're not thinking about it right now, sitting in this dars right now, you don't need it. When you need something, make a note. Okay, this is what we need. We need toothpaste. We need a new clock. We need a new this. Write it down. Fine. But why are we sitting there surfing on Prime Day sales? The $20 that you might save on one item, you're gonna end up spending at least 250 on unnecessary items. It's rather better to buy something not on sale when you need it, than buying 10 things that are on sale that you don't need. You agree with this? The Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever leads a life of moderation will never become poor. Whoever leads a life of moderation will never become poor. It is part of the hikmah and the wisdom of a man that he leads a life of moderation in his spending. That's a wise man who spends uh, uh, wisely or, 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 or taking the middle path, not spending unnecessarily. So what we're talking about, that unnecessarily looking at things creates shahwa. Um, and that is why this, I want to share a few amazing things on this. There, there is a, yani, what happens is when a person sees what disbelievers have, okay, or what other people who have more than us in dunya, if you look at them, Umar radiallahu anhu said, he said, man dakhala ala al-aghniya kharaja min indihim wa huwa ala Allahi sakhit. Whoever goes and visits the wealthy, he comes out from their home while he becomes angry at Allah. He, went, he entered the home happy. Alhamdulillah, I had a roti and rice and, and salan and I had my nice home, everything. Then he comes back from a home that's 10 times larger than his. He comes out, what? Angry at Allah. How come we don't have this? How come we don't have that? Man, I should have, I made this mistake, that mistake. Ajib, Umar radiallahu anhu's statement that whoever leaves the, whoever goes to visit the wealthy, meaning those who are wealthier than you and I, go to someone above us, then what happens? You end up coming out angry and ungrateful to the blessings that Allah has given you and I. Aisha radiallahu anha is reported to have said in Sunan Tirmidhi, she said, إِذَا أَرَدْتِ أَلْلُحُوقَ bi." And Rasulullah said, If you want to be with me, if you want to be with me, فَلْيَكْفِكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا كَزَادِ الرَّاكِبِ Then let just a small provision that a traveler travels with should be, suffice, should be sufficient for you. If you want to join me, pack lightly. You know? People who go on these uh, uh, hiking missions and up there, and they, what happens? They say, listen, you're gonna go out there in nature? Please, don't come with these big suitcases. <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna last. Right? You have to come pack lightly. Pack smart, pack light. Is that right? right? You have experience in this. So pack light, pack smart. Rasulullah saying, if you wanna be with me, then a small amount of dunya should suffice you. Number two, protect yourself from the company and the sitting with the wealthy. And do not regard a cloth old until you have put patches on it. Subhanallah. Do not regard a cloth, clothing old until you have put patches on it. My beloved friends, I know, I know this is not the era of putting patches in America, but at the very least, what you should do before it becomes too old, fold it nicely, wash it. And give it to those who are in need. You know, right now they've been collecting for Pakistan. You know, there's other parts of the world that always are in need. Alhamdulillah, this should be a habit. Always take out things from our wardrobe. You want to buy clothes? No problem. But make sure we give away. Before you go buy five pairs, please give away five pairs. Make a habit of that. Just before you buy, go ahead, give. It's sadaqah, no problem. You have, you have ijazah to do that. Imam Malik, I'm sure you heard. You had a habit of wearing new clothes, right, out of the respect for hadith. But you're always a habit of giving away. 
give away and then buy new. So Allah Azza wa says, do not look at what we've given these unbelievers. Why? Zaharat al This is the mere flower of this world. And this ayah, this point right here, I want you to highlight. Linaftinahum fi. The entire dunya that these people are enjoying, so-called enjoying, is actually what? A test. It's all a test. Why would someone look at someone who's in hospital? Uh, Elmerst. Very nice. Very nice hospital. Five, five-star hotel. That's what it looks like, doesn't it? And all these other hospitals. Who, which fool would drive by and say, man, I wish I could have a night there. You know, they, they charge the... You know, it's, 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 more, it's more expensive than the Western. It's more expensive than Best Western and Weston and everything else. And the, the most expensive, the Drake and everything else. Nothing is as, as expensive as one night in the hospital. Is that right? All our physicians would tell us. How much? 5K, 10K? How much is it per night? Right? Depending on what ward you're at. Which fool would say, my God, I wish I could, you know, enjoy one night in the hospital, $10,000 worth. Ya Rekhi, that's a fitna. That's a fitna. Yeah, it looks nice. No way! You'd rather go to your little apartment and go sit there sleep at night in a hospital. Make dua for those people that they get out quickly. That's what it is. When you see people who are not following the deen and have dunya, wallahi, they're in worse shape than those in ICU. Seriously. Worse shape. The ones who don't have deen and got too much dunya. That's the biggest fitna. So these are not people worthy of envy. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is putting them through that as a fitna. What is qurabbik? What Allah has provided for you, in this dunya and the next, khayrun wa'abqa is far better and everlasting. Wa'amur ahlaka bi-salah. Moreover, enjoin prayer upon your family. Wastabir alayha. And persevere patiently with it. I mean, really, I could do another session, but we decided to end this today. So I have to end here, inshallah, on today, you know, these ayats. This is such a uh, powerful ayah. My beloved brothers and sisters, sabr alone is not sufficient. Sabr has to be alongside with salah. Remember that. If you say, we're doing sabr, but you have no salah in your life, this is useless sabr. Sabr has to be coupled with salah. As Quran says, Take the assistance of sabr and salah. Don't just say, we're making sabr, and then you're continuing to miss salah. That's not any, that type of sabr is not going to get accepted. It has to be with salah. This verse of the Qur'an is telling us, especially fathers, husbands, and of course others in the house as well, hey, make sure everyone, every member in the household is performing their salah. Rasulullah is being told, make sure your family prays salah. Waslabir alayhi, not just say once, I told you once, I'm not going to tell you again. Why do people do that? <laughs> I'm saying this again and again, sorry. Repeated issues, because every day I get repeated questions, I'm telling you. In the dunya, every single day, beta, you got to go to school. But I don't want to go. You gotta go. Every single day. No father sitting here says, I told my son already once this week. Now if he wants to miss school the whole week, no problem. I already told him once. But when it comes to Fajr, Isha, Maghrib, I told my son once. How many times do you expect me to tell him? You see this? Why? Why are we treating deen less than dunya? We're supposed to treat deen a hundred times more than dunya. But when it comes to dunya, we will never accept 99% brown people don't accept 99% from the kids. They say it needs to be 101, not 99. Right? But when it comes to deen, it's okay. Alhamdulillah, he went to Sunday school when he was young. So Alhamdulillah, what else do you expect from him, brother? What else do you expect? Please take it easy. Don't, don't make him too pious. He's done enough. Deen me bas barely. If you barely make it in, it's fine. In the dunya, we want him to be everything. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying You have to persevere patiently You're not gonna, you're not gonna always get a positive response for your family But keep on, keep on uh, you know, encouraging them and One day inshallah things will change right? you, you have to do it with, with kindness You have to do it with muhabba You have to do it with love And also beloved brothers I have to also say that talk People's lives don't change with talks They need environment this is why I always tell people who say, what should I do with my son and daughter? He's not leaving the deen. Or, or what should I do about XYZ friend? He doesn't want to come to the deen. I always tell him, what do I tell him? Tell me. Bring them here. Bring them here. You are many, mashallah, medical practitioners sitting in front of me. How many of you are willing to take your tools, your surgical tools, uh, open your mouth right here and the masjid will work on you. Open your stomach will work on you. Open your eye will work on you. It doesn't happen. This is not the place to work on anyone. There's a place for that. So how do you expect their deen to work, be worked out at their bedroom? It doesn't work that you have to bring them in the environment. So another big major mistake of fathers and mothers is that they do not bring their children to the environment. My complaint to all those who finished hivs from any institution, and now you, uh, five years later you say, oh my son doesn't want to wear topi, doesn't want to wear namaz, doesn't want to go pray namaz, doesn't want to do this. I ask all those dads and moms who are of course probably not even listening to me right now, how many times did you bring your son back to this madrasa after he graduated? You brought him breaking through, going through red lights and driving on the shoulder. You came here Monday through Saturday for his class. Because they had to be here for class. But after you graduated, and while he's studying, how many of them brought them for a single program in the masjid here? That's it. What do you expect? If you don't allow your kids to be connected to their teachers, to their madrasa where they studied, whether it's Darussalam or any other madrasa, what can you expect but for them to leave Islam, to leave deen? Because you're not giving them the environment. So don't blame anyone besides yourself when the, these are the major mistakes moms and dads are doing. That they don't bring their children to the environment. And then they tell me, They don't listen to me. Yeah, why don't they listen to you? Because you made a mistake. Because you didn't bring them. I asked the students in the one-year program, what is the biggest problem with the youth? And you know, what are, I asked them a bunch of questions. And they were saying, you know, there's a huge disconnect with the masjid, wherever we come from. I said, why? Because our parents don't take us to the masjid from a young age. This is what the kids told me. Number two, when we go to the masjid, the masjid is dead, dead, empty. There's no programs happening. Number three, when there's a program, we're never the center of attention. We're like, Jao, go, go play in the back. go play in the court. We have the adult session only, right? So no one is saying, "Oh, kids, come sit in front. We need you to listen to this." So now, what happens as soon as this kid gets a little older, he becomes disconnected, disenfranchised. He feels that the masjid is not the cool place. Well, yeah, like, go to any masjid. How many youth are you seeing going to pray salah there? Any masjid. How many people born and, born and raised in this country, 15 year olds, 20 year olds, do you see coming to the masjid? This should be a very, the most alarming state of affairs for us. The, uh, the decay, in, 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 you know, the, the, what you call the, the paint and the carpet is already 8 years old and this is becoming old. We need a renovation of the wudu area. We need to add 4 more classrooms to Sunday school. Let's do another project, multi-million dollar project, for example. Those things are important, but there's nothing more important as to see uh, how many of us sitting here have our kids in attending? That's the question we have to ask. So, please bring our children to the masjid regularly. You have the side prayer halls. If you have little kids, boys, you can pray salah in the side prayer halls. Sisters have their own hall. They have women's section and mothers with children's section. Bring your children from a young age and then bring them every single day for one salah. Insha'Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, you will see daily visit to the masjid will have amazing effect on them. You don't have to sit and give long talks. 
just having them staying connected to the masjid, listening to the short ta'aleem after Isha, short ta'aleem after Fajr, whatever it may be in your local masjid or here, will have a massive effect on our children. La nas'aluka rizqah. Next. Ya Rasulullah, we're not asking you to provide for your family. Nahnu narzukuk. We are the ones who provide for you. Ajib. You're after the dunya and you're saying, oh, I gotta worry about my kids' dunya. Allah saying, I never told you to worry about that. We will provide. You gotta work. But the risk is in my hands. What I'm asking you is to worry about the salah of your family. You're not doing that and you're worried about bucks, grades, careers. Look at how this beautiful ayah, like I told you, give a whole talk on this. And a whole mudhakar, we should refer to this ayah, ayah 132. Go study it on your own afterwards. Ayah 132, right? A powerful ayah, amazing, most applicable ayah. Focus on the salah of the family and put less focus on careers. The end result, ultimate success is gonna be with the God-fearing ones. Ultimate success is not Ivy League school. Ultimate success is not professional school. Ultimate success is not multi-million dollar salary. Ultimate success is, does your son and daughter have taqwa? If they do, alhamdulillah, enjoy. وَقَالُوا Yet those who disbelieve have said to the Prophet wasallam, they say about you, لَوْلَا يَأْتِينَ بِآيَةٍ رَبِّي If only he were to bring a sign from his Lord, after everything, they say, no, but not enough. After hearing everything, they say, not enough. We want more miracles. Allah says, Yet has clear proof not then come to them in this Qur'an as to what was in the earlier scriptures? Isn't there enough proof in here similar to what was found in the earlier scriptures? Now had it been that we destroyed them with some torment before sending down this Qur'an, لَقَالُوا Most surely they would have said, Rabbana, O oh our Lord, if only you had sent to us a messenger, then we would have followed your revealed signs before. We came humiliated and disgraced. In this ayah, Allah says, You know, I could have just, dis- you all, Abu Lahab, Abu Jahl, and all the disbelievers of today and of the past and the future, Allah already knows who's not going to follow. Allah says, you may ask, why didn't I just knock these people out in the first place? Why did they, I, I allow them to even come into this world and eat from my planet and become a thorn for the Muslims and thorn for Rasulullah Why not didn't I just wipe them out? Because on the day of judgment, when they would be headed towards hell, they would say, wait, how come we didn't get a chance? If you had given us a chance, we would have obeyed. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I am going to now bring you into this world for you to see for, with your own eyes why you're headed where you're headed. What we call in Arabic, itmaman lil hujjah, to complete the proof. So that you can't complete on the day of judgment, why am I headed to this place? Because look at your own actions. So I'm going to uh, paraphrase this whole verse here. The coming into this world is in reality a proof. Why? You say in a nutshell, is a proof. So on the day of judgment, everyone will know why they're headed where they're headed. So it's pretty scary. Whatever we're doing right now, more than likely is where we're headed tomorrow. Wherever you are sitting today listening, wherever I am sitting listening, wherever you are sitting listening, we are headed in that direction. And we are simply adding all the proof for us or against us to be presented on the Day of Judgment. That, Ya Allah, Alhamdulillah, this is why I'm worthy of Jannah and of your grace to get into Jannah, or Allah forbid, why I'm not worthy of that. Qul, say to all of them, Kullun, say, say to them, Qul, kullun mutarabbis, all of us are in wait of the ultimate outcome. 
You know, you're waiting in, uh, in madrasa. We used to wait, subhanAllah. All the exam results of all the students would be on a big piece of paper. Multiple, first year to seventh year, on pieces of paper with their names and the grades. And then the Mufti Muhammad Ali Damad Barakatum, the head of the, the uh, exams, he would walk, you know, with his manila folder and walk into the library. And it would be this, you know, everyone's just reading all their duas. They would be all looking, like, what's going to happen? And one by one, each paper would be placed on top and taped. And it was, you could see it. Allahu Akbar. Inna Allahu Najiyon. People laughing, people crying. The whole thing. People putting their hands on their face like, oh my God. To people, you know, so excited and jumping. You know, subhanAllah, we saw that year after year after year. And it was just a, it was just a reminder of what's going to happen tomorrow. Right? So everyone's waiting. The results are about to come out. Allah says to Rasulullah tell them all, we're all waiting. فَتَرَبَّسُوا And you can also wait. This is obviously said sarcastically. Right? This is said out of anger. That you're, you think you're waiting for problems to happen to us, we'll find out who will have the last laugh. فَتَرَبَّسُوا So wait for the judgment of Allah. فَسَتَعْلَمُونَ You shall assuredly come to know مَنْ أَصْحَابُ الصِّرَاتِ السَّوِيِّ وَمَنْ اِهْتَدَعْ Who are the companions of the even way of faith? And who is thus guided aright? Meaning, very soon you will realize who is successful and who is not. Who followed the straight path and was guided and who was not. You are getting all excited and you're blaming the Muslims for this and that. Just make sabr. And soon, as the uh, poet says, فَسَوْفَ تَرَى إِذَنْ كَشَفَ الْغُبَارَ أَفَرَسٌ تَحْتَ رِجْلِكَ أَمْ حِمَارٌ Very soon you will realize once the dust settles whether you are sitting on a horse or a donkey. Right? Because right now in the world, the dust hasn't settled. So this is where we're at. A powerful verses we covered today. SubhanAllah, much to be learned, much more to be revisited. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding of this. It is quite late. I don't know if we should be taking questions. Um, probably not. But this is, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> um, I'll just share this slide. For those of you who don't get the weekly tafsir updates, please quickly take a, a picture of this, scan uh, this inshallah. Um, uh, so if you, don't, if you don't get the weekly tafsir updates, and alhamdulillah, please do this and join the group there. Additionally, mashallah, I have um, uh, um, to share with you Everyone got this? On those who are listening online, you can also take a picture for a moment, sisters, brothers. Um, uh, for next surah, I'm excited that alhamdulillah we've already decided the surah and we've already decided uh, the, um, the weeks and what we're going to be covering um, in that, inshallah. So I'll be sh- you'll, you'll get a chance to receive that weekly, um, inshallah. Um, the, the next surah is going to be Suratul Anbiya, the, sto- the surah of the prophets. It is the next surah after actually Taha. Alright, so, uh, so make sure inshallah you're going to be starting that next Tuesday night inshallah And we're going to be covering that We are going to be covering that till December So it's going to be uh, 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 13 weeks And uh, we have alhamdulillah uh, divided up uh, the sections of it And how many ayats are going to be done Jazakallah khairah to the students who worked on it um, So Surah Anbiya so inshallah please uh, join us for that as we start and embark on that next week Tuesday and this will continue till the winter holiday and we'll finish this before, right before um, December break inshallah um, additionally um, sept- uh, September 24th everyone got that inshallah September 24th this Saturday night will be the Quran night and um, please join us for that it's going to start at Salatul Asr we have appetizers 
um, you know, and I wanted to share the menu. I'll just keep it a surprise, but it's alhamdulillah, a great menu. Uh, come for, uh, there'll be appetizers, then a short Quranic recitation, Salatul Maghrib. After Maghrib, inshallah, we'll have two Qurra visiting us from t- Toronto, inshallah. One's name is Qari Abdul Basit, one's name Qari uh, 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 Hamza. And they will be not only reciting Qira'a, but specifically in different narrations. And this time we're going to do something different. You're going to have a, a pie graph there or an image there of all the different Qira'at. And each one is going to be highlighted, and then the Qari is going to recite in that Qira'ah. So you get an idea of how each Qira'ah is different from the other. This is something we haven't done before here. Um, so inshallah, there'll be something quite amazing. It's not just Qira'ah, but it's, uh, or Tartil, nice recitation, but it's in different Qira'at and an explanation to that. Then before Salat al-Isha, we'll have our presentation on our project. We have been, as you know, the project we shared with the community in Ramadan is the last piece of property, alhamdulillah, available. Which is the used car lot The first one that everyone wanted to buy But Allah decided for it to be the last And it is also the biggest project we've been working on Since mother, this masjid started So it's, it's a heavy big project uh, We raise funds for it in Ramadan uh, And we have to raise funds for it on this Quran night And, and then we'll have a follow up fundraiser uh, In the community fundraiser in Shalimar On December 10th So hopefully by then we'll be able to be ta'ala, Raise the money required And inshallah have the closing if Allah wills in December so please make dua for the success of that. Please contribute towards that as well. And this is going to really ease things up for us here when we have the, the uh, used car lot with us, inshallah. After Salat al-Isha will be one final recitation with Qari Abdul Basid, followed by a full dinner for everyone here. It's a free event, of course. And we requ- all we're requesting is to please register. Can you just scan this, please? If you have not registered, please do so. Another thing, brothers and sisters, whoever is wondering how do I get my son, daughter, my son, my neighbor's son and daughter connected to the masjid, this is a beautiful night to come. If you know anyone in the neighboring states, I will say if you know someone on the other end of the country who's worried about their children, tell them get on a flight and come. Right? Any program like this that happens, the billions and millions of angels are present. Rahmah of Allah is descending. 50 Khatmul Qur'ans are being planned right before, before this happens. 50 Khatmul Qur'an before this event. Imagine the mercy of Allah here. So when a person walks in here, 50% of his problem is, is solved just by coming in, sitting in this type of gathering. So please work on your friends and neighbors' children and your own children to make sure they come to this evening program, Saturday night. Uh, boys, girls, men and women, inshallah, tabarakahu ta'ala. TK, Ahmad, any announcements? That's it. Um, of course, there's snacks outside. Uh, and I want to... Uh, thank all those who, who attended these th- th- weeks. And may Allah reward those who worked on this. The, the, uh, uh, every lecture has got its time stamps. So if, you, if they're painstakingly done, it takes hours to do that work. So I request you to benefit from those time stamps that are on, uh, under each tafsir and uh, sh- uh, make dua for those students who worked on it. Some of them are going through a lot of um, problems or physical difficulties. Someone they gotten hurt. One of them who's in charge of that. Please make dua. Allah grants him complete shifa and makes it easy for him to continue this great work that he was doing. And the team that's doing it behind the scenes, our IT team, or all the other teams, brothers who are serving chai and, and biscuits and samosas, those brothers who regularly donate the, for the expenses of the snacks. May Allah reward them, bless them, put barakah in their health and wealth. And all those who've, mashallah, been coming here for various, um, um, uh, for various reasons, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fulfill all their du'as that they're making, all their needs that they have. 
please continue to make dua for my parents, my teachers, and myself that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to grant us ikhlas, istiqamah, and steadfastness, and uh, grants qubuliyah to all of us. إلا شفيت ولا دينا إلا قضيت ولا ضالا إلا هديت ولا حاجة من حوائج الدنيا والآخرة هي لك رضا ولنا فيها صلاح إلا أعنتنا وسرتها لنا يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم لك الحمد حمدا دائما مع دوامك ولك الحمد حمدا خالدا مع خلودك ولك الحمد حمدا حتى ترضى ولك الحمد حمدا إذا رضيت ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين ربنا أفرغ علينا الصبر وتوفنا مسلمين ربنا لا تزق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا المتقين إماما ربنا اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولأساتذتنا ولمشائخنا ولمن حقه علينا ولمن أوصانا بالدعاء اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا وصغيرنا وكبرنا وذكرنا وانثانا اللهم نحييت منا فاحيا على الاسلام ومن توفيت منا فتوفوا على الايمان اللهم اغفر لهم وارحمهم واعف عنهم وادخلهم الجنه اللهم نقي من الذنوب كما ينقى الثوب الابيض من الدنس اللهم اجعل قبرهم روضه من رياض الجنه ولا تجعل حفره من حفر النار اللهم لا تحرمنا اجرهم ولا تفتنا بعدهم وابدلهم دارا خيرا من دارهم واهلا خيرا من اهلهم اللهم اشفنا اللهم اشفنا واشف مرضانا مرضى المسلمين وارحم موتانا وموت المسلمين اللهم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا انك انت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلق محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين والحمد لله رب العالمين امين امين جزاكم الله خيرا بليز انجوي ذا لميل ان ذا سموسز اوتسايد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته